Welcome to Sales in the Subscription Economy, episode 19, the final episode of season one. I'm Amanda Northcutt of subscriptioncoach.com, and my guest today is Annalise Hussman, head of enterprise sales at Gong. Annalise is a highly accomplished sales leader with a career that began in politics of all places. More recently, after putting over a decade of sales experience under her belt, she's traveled the world full-time with her husband and now resides in the Bay Area. Annalise and I are both native Texans, and ironically enough, I spent a few years traveling full-time with my family recently, which makes me even more excited about our chat. Annalise, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Amanda. It's so great to be here. Awesome. We're excited for you to share your sales wisdom with us today, and with that, let's dive into the questions. First off, tell me a little bit more about your sales career. I'd love to hear about that, tra- that transition from politics to sales, uh, you know, kind of where you've been, how you got to where you are now, and a bit about Gong. Absolutely. So like you mentioned, I started my career in politics in fundraising, in fact, and that's what brought me from Texas to the D.C. area right after college. Um, After my last campaign wrapped up, I was looking for a new adventure and a friend reached out about uh, an ethically driven environmental uh, startup that had just kicked off. And that was my first step into a SaaS startup company. It was a company called Opower. So that move was a nice transition in a lot of ways because it was mission driven and I was able to really get behind it quickly. It was also my first startup in my mid twenties and it happened to IPO. So it was also a fantastic uh, first step into um, the SaaS startup world. No kidding. Nice. (laughs) It it was fantastic. Um, Some of the smartest folks I've ever worked with to date. And I mean, that experience really like it helped me catch the, the startup bug. So I moved out West with my, my now husband and we landed in San Francisco about a decade ago. And I've spent, that time through a handful of companies, including Yammer, which when they were bought by Microsoft, AdRoll through their hyper growth stages, and then I most recently built go-to-market for a company called Mode Analytics. So that's where I spent my last four years prior to my sabbatical, which you mentioned, where mm-hmm. I then was able to, to take a step back and travel the world for a year um, with my husband. That is so cool. Um... I am jealous of your more recent travels and I want to dig into that a little bit because I'm a total travel junkie and I'm missing it so much right now because I'm immune compromised. And so we're not getting in a steel tube to fly across anywhere right now. Um, So tell me uh, quickly, kind of run me through your trip, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So we got married last June and that was the kickoff of our of our world tour. We spent six weeks traveling our national park systems in a, a very, very large RV we borrowed from my in-laws. Cool. <laughs> um, that's a whole nother story of the adventures of driving a bus size RV for another time. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we then hopped over to Paris, we had a one-way ticket to Paris, and really just started chasing summer. So we started moving east through Eastern Europe, India. We hiked the Himalayas and Nepal. Uh, made friends with a lot of elephants in Sri Lanka, and then wrapped up our trip, spending seven weeks in Vietnam, you know, riding motorcycles around Northern Vietnam all the way to the China border uh, before we headed home. And we headed home right at the beginning of February. So literally before the world came to a grinding halt was when we landed mm-hmm. back in the Bay Area. So I don't know what I did in a previous life to receive this <laughs> karma, um, but I'm very happy for it and I'm happy to pay it forward now. Oh man, that is so cool. Talk about an epic honeymoon, Annalise. That's so awesome. <laughs> well, I keep telling my husband we didn't actually have a honeymoon because we never went to a fancy resort with, you know, <laughs> drinks with umbrellas in it. So I'm going to call 
on that honeymoon one day in the future, but not mm, quite yet. There you go. That could be a five-year anniversary trip or two, two years or 18 months is what's closer. <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. Even better. Um, okay. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Uh, we we um, did that a little bit differently. So we intended to start traveling full-time right after university, but kind of uh, just did what everybody else did. And I was already working in a full-time job and successful and loving it. And so we stuck around and bought a house and I you know, married my college sweetheart. And um, oh man, our, our wedding and our 13th anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. That went by fast. Um, but instead of traveling, then we um, had a baby uh, several years later and uh, started traveling, I guess, right at our son's fifth birthday. And so um, we're you know, both working and trying to manage travel and the kind of like, where are we going to sleep tonight thing? But we went from Airbnb to Airbnb and uh, we pretty thoroughly covered the Western United States, Western Europe, um, a lot of the Caribbean and some other kind of places like that. But that is so fun. And I just cannot advocate enough for people taking time to travel and prioritizing travel, um, especially now as we're all working remotely. <clears throat> so mm -hmm. I think that's a really cool thing if you can do it safely, but Thanks for sharing and indulging me on that. I am super passionate about travel and just can't tell you how much I love that you did that and are continuing to travel. Um, yeah. Okay. A little bit about Gong. I think most of us are familiar, but just in case. Absolutely. So I, I joined Gong right when Shelter in Place hit. So I joined in April of this year and my TLDR on Gong is that I will never go to market without it again. It's an absolute game changer. So the way I view it is like as a sales leader, as someone who's responsible for go-to-market, we're sitting on our most valuable asset, which is the context of all of our customer interactions and the data behind it. And so what Gong does is we aggregate all of your customer-facing interactions, whether it's your phone, your WebEx, video conferencing, email. We run it through our patented technology, we analyze it, and then we provide you as a sales leader complete visibility into the conversations that your go-to-market teams are having um, and in parallel to that, we also serve you up with proactive insights into the context of those conversations and the data insights that we derive out of it. So yeah. I think what that really means for us is that we actually have visibility into what, um, what's going on with our teams, but most importantly, how is the market responding to what our teams are saying? Yes. Uh, yes. Gong is such a fantastic tool. If your sales team is not using it, you're crazy. You have to go check it out. Um, it's, it's, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And then so at Gong, I look over our enterprise team and that's what I've been doing for the last five months since we landed back in the States. Awesome. I bet that's been a roller coaster ride, uh, but also a really exciting challenge to take on as well. And someone with your sales acumen, I, I bet you're kicking ass and taking names. Well, um, that's what we're doing, Amanda. <laughs> All right. Tell us uh, your quick list of what sources you rely on to stay up to date on the sales and sales management profession. Yes. And I'm also curious if folks that are listening or from what your conversations previously, I definitely had a decline in listening to podcasts when we started staying at home. It's slowly ticking up, but just curious if anyone else felt that um, without the commute. Yes, me personally. Absolutely. Yes. My um, audible consumption and podcast consumption has definitely dropped. Um, I've started, you know, if I take the dog for a six mile walk or something, I can catch up on podcasts. But otherwise, especially with kiddo at home, who's currently stomping right above my head, for whatever reason, um, it is so hard to kind of check out and have that personal time. So yeah, have to be choosy for sure. You have to be choosy. And now I'm also 
almost like calendaring it to remind myself to, to go mm. back and do those things. Um, but I feel like many people I'm part of dozens of subscription lists and, and podcast reminders. Um, some of the ones I love is Cerebral Selling uh, by David Primer or the sales blog. Mm -hmm. um, of course, Jill Conrad's materials are, are just classic and always a great resource. Another thing that I feel like I've collected over the years as I've gone through different SaaS startups is being on the different venture capital um, email listservs as well. So mm -hmm. I really love Sequoia's uh, seven questions to a CEO that they push out. And, um, you know, Foundation Capital also has a pretty good monthly update. So if you're not on the venture capital listservs, I would definitely say go sign up for those as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, cool. And then um, is that it on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think like there's a, a lot of other things that we can do. I know we mentioned other blogs. I mean, of course, Gong's blog is fantastic. I know we mentioned conferences. I love conferences. I view them more as an avenue to build and continue relationships, not necessarily yeah. really improve like your sales skills or sales acumen, but I still love, you know, Saster, Dreamforce, whatever that might be. Those are all, you know, things you look forward to, which hopefully they will come back in some fashion sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All-time favorite business books. So this one was hard for me. So what I did was, if it's okay with you, I broke it down into three different buckets and I'll yeah. separate those buckets. Is that okay? Absolutely. Excellent. So sales bucket, I think that there's some of the classics that you have to read, whether it's the challenger sale, whether it's, you know, just like knowing bands, all those good things. I think refreshing yourself on those and having those in like your Rolodex of your sales repertoire is, is really important. I also think that HBR has some really fantastic kind of back to basic books whether it's around you know, writing or presentations or effective one-on-ones that I would always recommend to anyone to, to revisit every once in a while to refresh your, your, your basic skills. Yeah. The second bucket I was thinking about was management. And so um, I think it'd be remiss of me not to talk about our fellow Texan, Brene Brown. Yeah. I just absolutely love her. Um, Dare to Lead is just a great book. I just love her philosophy around leadership. You know, that's not about titles or, you know, leading the company meeting, but it's really just like the simple willingness to step up for your people mm -hmm. and, and to be there for them. Mm -hmm. um, I also just like love about how she, she really breaks down like what trust means and how you build trust with your teams. So it's not the big moment or these big grand gestures, but it's like the everyday things of like remembering people's names, remembering if a family member is sick, like that's how you really build trust with teams. So huge Brene Brown fan. Yes. Um, I also love it's an older book, but first break all of the rules. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's on my yeah. shelf. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's a little old school, uh, but also just, I think some really great nuggets that have almost become conventional wisdom now, but again, good reminders. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then actually this is a podcast that I, I missed was Michelle Obama launched a podcast this week. Yes. So I don't know if you the first web episode, um, but that was fantastic. And I'm really excited to, to be following along with that one moving forward. Absolutely. Have you read her book? Yes. Oh, I love that. That's not like a typical book for me. I did it on Audible and I love it. Loved hearing her voice and what an amazing storyteller she is. Anybody who hasn't, doesn't matter what your political affiliation, um, that's, it's a fantastic book. Anyway, okay. After First yes. Break, All the Rules, what else? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then um, I am reading some other books where I think it's just important given the current social and economic times right now. So I, I just started reading White Fragility as well. So I can't yeah. say much about it, but it is something that I'm thinking about and something that I'm pushing myself to start exploring as well in terms of 
just how I, could I be a better leader and um, more empathetic all around? Yes, awesome. Okay, cool. Anything else on that list? Those are all fantastic. I think that that's a pretty exhaustive. <laughs> yeah, but, no, that's great. I love that yeah. you brought up uh, white fragility as well, also on my bookshelf. I think we've we've got pretty similar reading interests. <laughs> we should I compare will. notes later. Uh, yes, um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Sales questions. Um, and this will be interesting since you've been at, at Gong since April, kind of as this is all, all COVID is unfolding, but uh, what changes to your guys' projection strategy and sales tactics, um, you know, have been made uh, in light of the recession? Yep. It's, it's, it's a great question. And I think we felt that in a few different areas. So I think the first and foremost is just like bringing in the human piece. So one of our operating principles is creating raving fans. So I think what that really means for us is that we really double down on making sure that we're putting our customers first, um, even in, especially in this trying time. So I mean, you're right, COVID changed everything. And I think that that has made us force having hard conversations early on in sales cycles, leading with empathy, but also just really being very prescriptive in, in how our platform can help. So tactically, I think one of the biggest call outs is that you had to start selling higher immediately. Um, you know, a lot of our gong data told us that very early on, early indicator that CFOs were being brought into almost every single sales process, whether you're in the SMB or the enterprise across yep. the board. And so I think we really had to be very thoughtful with how we're doing that and how we're going to market and knowing that we're going up to the CFO for, for any new purchase. Mm. I think that we also we also revisited our talk track. I kind of alluded to this with the, the selling with empathy and, and being yeah. customer centric. But I think it was really important to lean on that our platform helps you, um, especially when folks are now all remote. You know, we've always known that, that we are gonna help with remote sellers. And now with the world fully remote, a lot of people are clearly understanding the value in that. And so I think that was a big talk track shift for us as well. Nice, good pivot. Um, cool, anything else on that? Those are all big. So um, they're really big. It's like I could I could double click into any of those, or we could just progress on. No, that's great. That's perfect. Um, next question: What's your best advice for sales teams competing in the subscription economy right now? Um, and is that advice any different than what you just said? You know, revisiting talk tracks, bringing in the human piece, really proving value, going straight to the CFO. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest piece is that nice to haves are no longer on the table. Mm. And it has to be a need to have. So if you're not fixing a real God honest problem, and if you're not tying to real value and real business pain, then you're not going to be able to, to make the sale. Yeah. Especially when you're pitching to a CFO who really, we just wants brass tacks. <laughs> what does exactly. this come down to? What's the bottom line? Exactly. And going into those yeah. CFO conversations, you have to be wildly prepared even more so than beforehand, because you know, you're going up the chain, you're, I cannot emphasize enough how much you need to double down on being prepared to have those conversations as well. That's fantastic advice. Yeah, you don't want to make a jackass of yourself with somebody CFO. Um, if you can't, <laughs> if you can't talk number numbers, you need to send somebody else in for that conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. All right, cross departmental communication. How is that handled at Gong? Uh, for instance, how intertwined is sales with product marketing and customer success? So it's interesting. I think that especially coming from my point of view, I've only had the point of view of a COVID world communication and a remote world at Gong. Mm -hmm. So definitely 
take that with a grain of salt. And you know, when I was thinking about this question, Amanda, what I kept coming back to is like, well, why are we having these cross-departmental meetings? Like, what's the point? And where my head kept going with this was our goal is for cross-departmental communication is so everyone understands, you know, how is our go-to-market performing? What is the voice of the customer? Mm-hmm. And I think what's really unique again about Gong is that Gong provides that platform and is that central hub for whether your product, product marketing, success, whatever you might be, to go and hear that voice of the customer all on our own platform. So I think that's, like, that's interesting for us because when you come into these meetings, of course, you know, we have stand-ups and one-on-ones and mm-hmm. cross-departmental leader, leadership meetings. But I think what's interesting is when we come to those meetings, we're all on the same page because we know exactly what's happening um, in our customer base, in our install base. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All that stuff is so necessary. And that's been such a difficult hurdle for so many organizations who especially weren't already remote, obviously, is figuring out how the hell do we all stay on the same page mm-hmm. now that we're all at home? <laughs> and how um, do we have meetings just to have meetings? Because that's just, yes. the death by Zoom is, is, is real. Oh my gosh. Yes. Without question. Um, okay. So any sort of pro tips or insights or anything from what Gong is doing that helped uh, sort of accelerate a successful transition to remote that you'd like to share that other people can implement? Absolutely. I think it just being, um, you know, being thoughtful with like how you're listening to your voice of customer and like then what you're doing with it. So Gong's really is a really great platform to, to quickly serve up what, what's happening in the market. You know, are, is our message resonating? Is the market responding? And then I think what you do with that, that's where the secret is. And I think that's where we've been really leaning into as like a leadership team around making sure we're acting quickly and making sure that we're acting thoughtfully in terms of like the data and the insights that we have from our own platform. Mm. So having that open communication around it and understanding that what worked six months ago is not going to work today. And what was working today is probably not going to work in another six months as we evolve through this unusual time. Yeah, no kidding. That's a great point. And the agility that your platform uh, allows for and sharing that voice of customer information across the organization has got to really help in breaking down those departmental silos. Um, So again, another plug for Gong. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, Okay, great advice, Annalise. So um, this is an interesting question. I get a different answer every time, but in what ways are individual members of your sales team held accountable for retention? So this is a great one. So in my current role, I only look after new business. Mm-hmm. So um, after close, we do pass it off to a growth account executive team and a CS team. And they're the ones that are responsible for the rest of the customer life cycle. Uh, in previous lives, I've owned both pre and post sales. And that was a little bit of a different model. And I think in some ways we, uh, we did hold on to the deals longer sometimes than you should have in previous lives um, without like passing them off to the growth AE or the, the renewals rep. So currently um, they aren't responsible for retention, um, but I think it goes back to the culture you create and like the operating principles that you want to instill in your team that we always want to do right for the customer. And then it shouldn't be just, will you have a clawback? You know, mm-hmm. could my comp be negatively affected down the road, but rather like we're building something together. Let's build a culture that supports that and that we all want to do right by the customer. Yeah. If you're all rolling in the same direction and incentives are aligned with pay structure and KPIs or OKRs, um, then yeah, that, that should be a pretty simple way to, to compensate your people. So that's cool. I like that model. 
Um, and how do you coach your sales teams up on properly setting expectations for your recurring revenue customers? You know, for those who might have a background in the one-time transaction sale, um, you know, what's different here? What do you do differently? Yep. And I think that's like one of the things that, you know, is really exciting about a recurring revenue model is that you have to earn the right to have your customers be your customers year after year. Mm -hmm. And I think that that type of model, you know, you really, it is a different person who, who wants to come in and be successful in that role because you do have to build deep relationships. You do have to tie to deep value. And I think that it's clear that you have to make sure that the goals of your team are, are strictly aligned with your goals of the customer um, as well. And so I think in terms of like, in terms of coaching and in terms of making sure that they're successful, I think that they understand the, the success of the company is their success and the success of their customers, our company's success. I think that's how you, to your point earlier, make sure everyone's like rowing in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would say, again, making sure that there's relationship focused, um, focused on value and focus on really tying to the needs of the customer. Like those are things that we're having in ongoing conversations in deal reviews in pipeline forecasts, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Um, are you guys currently in a hiring freeze? No. Um, it actually the exact opposite. So not only are we not in a hiring freeze, we actually just announced that we are opening a new office when offices reopen in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Georgia. So we are nice. growing our footprint in the U.S. and we are hiring pretty much across the board for every role. That's so great. I love hearing that so much. Um, all right. So tell me a little bit about what works for you guys as far as sourcing talent and I guess you know how were you sourced for instance and what was the interview process for like or like for you or is there anything you want to share about um that to help uh, other sales leaders who are trying to hire and onboard remotely right now absolutely so I was sourced uh through a friend as a referral mm-hmm. and um, the interview process was pretty robust I think like a lot of processes are especially for senior leadership yeah and I think as we're thinking about you know uh sourcing and hiring with our teams you know, it's definitely an emphasis on, on diversity and what that means for, for Gong and for the community as well. And I think that um, some things I personally think about, you know, when I'm building out, how are we going to hire my team? How are we going to build it out? It is that, is diversity. You know, I, I think a lot of people implement the Rooney rule right now, which is, which is important. Um, but I think going above and beyond that in terms of making sure you're, you're clicking into different types of communities outside of just your own LinkedIn world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work to make sure you're doing that and to really, uh, get your brand out there and get your recs out there. But I think it's really, really important, um, to do so in the long run for the health of the business. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, anything you want to share around how you were tested sort of for cultural fit or, you know, what worked for you onboarding remotely versus, you know, what you might've done differently. Yep. So I think that the testing for cultural fit, it's, and that's an ongoing process, right? That's just not one 45 minute interview. I know a lot of people tend to put a cultural step, cultural interview step in the process, but I think that's, you know, from how you engage from the first recruiter email all the way to close, to me, that's all part of the the cultural test and the cultural fit. And I think that's how I view it. And I think that's how a lot of the interviewees view it as well when I was going through my process. Awesome. Uh, And what about advice for onboarding remotely for those who are not familiar with, with that process? It's, it's an unusual process. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. and, and what I would say is just like over-index on over-communicating. <laughs> um, I think that 
it can feel a little, if you don't do it properly, you can feel isolated or lonely because you don't have that water, water cooler chat or the ability to sit next to someone new at lunch. And I think there's a lot of great ways that you can, you know, you can help mitigate this, whether it's, you know, having different like mixers at over lunchtime um, where you get randomly assigned to have virtual lunches with people or virtual coffees or making sure that there's touch-ins from different leaders throughout the org over your first six weeks. I think that, that was really nice and a nice touch that happened during my onboarding. Mm -hmm. um, but then I think after that first initial onboarding, I do think the onus is on you to go out and continue to build relationships with folks throughout the organization. Mm. And it can feel a little awkward, Amanda, you know, putting time on someone's calendar that has no idea who you are. Yep. Um, and literally the agenda is like, I'd like to introduce myself. Like I, I'm, I'm so-and-so I, I lead this, but I think it's just like going above and beyond even after onboarding concludes to keep building those relationships in a virtual environment. Mm, I like that. I like that you said, yeah, you can't just rely on the organization to continually throw you a bone. You have to go out there and be proactive and um, yeah, take ownership of that yourself. That's a really, really Absolutely. strong point. All right, cool. Just two more questions. Um, what's one to three pieces of advice you give other sales leaders competing in the subscription economy right now? And is that different than what you would have said pre-COVID? I think it would be a little bit. And it just goes back to the, the whole conversation we're having around budgets are tighter, uh, approval levels are higher. And it comes back to that point of, you have to make sure you're a need to have and not a nice to have. So have, whatever that means for your company or for your organization, that's what I'd be keenly focused on is aligning towards like the absolute necessities and how you can solve other people's problems. Mm -hmm. That'd be the first part. This is also just a really good time, Amanda, to take a step back and say, how am I going to become the best salesperson ever? Yeah. I think that it's more competitive than ever. Budgets are tighter, like we said. And this is a great time to, to really hone your craft. Mm -hmm. so whether you're doing it personally or you're working with your teams to up-level them, there's no better time than right now to be really be looking into that. Yes, I love this. This is sort of like the great reset button almost. And so, yeah, yes. we're going back to basics here. You're absolutely right. Has to yes. be value laden, affects the bottom line, absolute need to have no fluff, um, get down to what you can actually do for me kind of conversations. Uh, so yes. yeah, that's great. Anything else to add on that? And it's going to come down to relationships and how can you build and continue to maintain relationships in this new virtual world? You know, coming from like an enterprise sale, like we're all used to flying all the time and mm -hmm. uh, meeting folks in person, taking them to dinner and happy hours. And you have to think really creatively for how we're going, going to, to build that relationship now when you can't go shake a hand. Yeah, absolutely. Have you guys, or has anything stood out to you uh, with your time at Gong on how like different creative ways you guys have done that? I don't know if you can share any of that or not, but any tactics that have been particularly successful or fun or funny? Yes. I have a really fantastic counterpart um, in our ABM marketing world. Um, and she does a lot of, she's, she's shifting to doing some events for us as well. And so she's done a, an incredible job on putting together like small, intimate thought leadership roundtables. Mm. So whether it's talking about the nature of field selling today or our recent Forrester report, that's all fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then she's also layered in some pretty amazing ones around like shipping all of our prospects at home cocktail kits. And then having a mix nice. all come online on Zoom and, and give us a cocktail class. 
Yes. That's awesome. (laughs) That was like so cool. I'm like, everyone's going to say yes to a margarita on a Thursday. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Um, So she's, she's really getting creative with that and pushing the boundaries of like, all right, what can we ship to home as well as like have it on the zoom to make it more interactive. And like also has something like tactile there for you to do where it feels like you're more engaged with the event Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Engaging more, more than one or two senses. That's awesome. Um, Cool. What's her name? Let's give her a shout out. I'm sorry. What What is her name? Your ABM oh, Laura Vitaro. Yes, Laura. Very nice job. Okay, okay. doing a great job. Cool. That's a good story. Uh, virtual cocktail class. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna totally use that. That's great. Um, last question, Annalise. So I'm a firm believer that sales makes the world go round, and we have a tremendous responsibility to get the economy moving again. In your opinion, how can we speed up that process? It's a great question. Uh, it's a tough question, but I really appreciate it. I think we're in a new normal. And I think what we need to all kind of be cognizant of is that we don't have a map and a clear path forward. And I think we need to collectively work together to make sure we figure it out because Mm. this is uncharted territories. I don't think there's an easy way just to say, this is how we're gonna get the economy moving forward again. But I think if we're all working there together and looking at the collective us, that's how we're gonna move forward. Yeah, it's time to pick our heads up and look around. We have to get out of the tunnel vision, you know, in life and also within the departmental silo and, you know, work together with colleagues, coworkers, communities, and figure out what the hell to do. We've, we've been able to not be creative, frankly, for a long time. And mm-hmm. um, I think this, again, great reset button and, and you know, figure out how we, how we do life and business uh, and be successful moving forward. I think that's, that's an excellent point. Amanda, I love what you just said around... It, it allows us to really be creative now. I think that's a great way to summarize it is that reset button, we're going to basics, but basics are brand new and let's go get creative with them. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again to Annalise Hussman of Gong for her insights and advice. Check out the show notes to get all of Annalise's fantastic recommendations and check out subscriptioncoach.com. I help recurring revenue businesses get it together and grow through coaching, consulting, sales team recruiting, and as a fractional executive, See you next season on sales in the subscription economy.